is daf. Lamed zayin lamed beis vatam. Today is beis oder, and we're doing vatam. It's last lot and two thirds, lot and a half of the pedik, almost and a half of the pedik. Vatam. In the earlier part of this Pedic, we spoke about Musr. Why is the person giving himself Musr? Because he has Timtum. Now, isn't Hasidus against Musr? Of course Hasidus is against Musr. But this is what we call a last resort. When all else fails, beat up on yourself. When the eights of Simcha, when the eights of Simcha Achara Otsev, when the eights of Mekabbles and Yisurim Bi'ava, when the eights of setting aside a time for Tshuva, when the eights of don't be a Balgaivin, do Rizkafia, when the eights of when you fight hard, it's harder fights harder, when the eights of begging for Rachem all fail, you have no choice but to beat up on yourself. In other words, give yourself Musa, do Tshuva. For what? For Avedis. If you don't have Avedis, beat up on yourself for the mere fact that you exist. And specifically, he gave us three examples. Chattas Nurim, Avedis Yoreka repented for. Mara the Chushman, it's not Avedis. It's non mitzvahs that you may have done. And Chalei Mishav is not even non mitzvahs, it's simply that you could have worked harder. And then the Nisham would have been able to Maila Shevis Lachayim. The fact that you had a foolish dream is a statement that the Nisham was not Eilin Ganadin, that the Klippers come and make fun of you. So you have Tshuva, Eidel, Eideler, and even more Eidel. Tshuva for Avez, what they've done. Tshuva for, Tshuva for non mitzvahs, and Tshuva for not working as hard as you possibly could have worked. And then Alter Rebbe says, beat up on yourself, and lay it on heavy, and don't worry about the fact that you're beating yourself up. Azayidus. And then he says, Top of the page begins, it's going to be very successful. How successful is it going to be? Two minutes ago, you were in a state of timtum, you were psychologically and spiritually flat. You were, you were congested spiritually, had no movement. And now you're going to have a riachushis. Now the Rebbe promises you, in effect, that you're going to leap from the state of timtum into a state of clarity, like as if you see Hashem. And I believe I told you yesterday that we're going to have, in the next few prakim, four forms for the feeling of the neshama. What does the neshama feel like? Number one, it has clarity about the Abish like as if it sees. Number two, it has simcha. Number three, it has avas yisrael, that's pedek lamed beis. And number three, it has amuna, which is pedek lamed gimel, which you'll see each one be in yoni. But the nekude is that Al-Tareb is not going to explore the inyan of Poshet being Megala, the godly power. We're dealing with guys, ba'atzvus, you beat up on yourself, that all of a sudden you'll wake up from the timtum, you'll break it, you'll break the sitra achar hold on you, and you'll have clarity. How could Al-Tarebbe be so strong? So sure. How could Al-Tarebbe be so sure? A guy is so depressed. Tell him, beat up on yourself, and boom, you're going to have clarity. Maybe not. Maybe you'll face us, you'll be a little bit less depressed. You'll be, you'll want to eat cake instead of ice cream, or whatever it is, whole wheat instead of fattening. How is he so sure you're going to have clarity? Now, today is like a Valdeca word. And the whole rest of the Pedic is going to make this word. And I want to say to you, Tunukudus. In other words, I'm going to be Marche but I want to add Tunukudus. There's Tunukudus that are Negev for us to know right now. Kudu number one is, Godliness is revealed unless hidden. Not godliness is hidden unless revealed. It's not the shot. You cannot see God unless you expose Him. Hashem is here for us to see. Klip is blocking the truth. It's called Hest upon Him. And Bliest upon Him, Malakus is revealed. The natural condition of reality is Hashem is revealed. Can't see Him, Klipa. Break the Klipa. The natural condition of stuff is Hest upon Him. It's Gili 
which we already had in the Chav Gimel. That is the second Chiddush. The second Chiddush is the one we're going to have right now. Klipa is a lie. The opposition to Kedusha is not equal and opposite. It's simply a myth. It's a bubble mice. Aye, it seems real. It only seems real because we believe it. The moment we stop believing, we discover that Klipa was a non-issue in the first place. Combine those two in a kudus, and this is the rest of the painting. How could the Altar be so certain that a person who two minutes before was in the most severe state of Timtum is going to suddenly spring out of it and have a clarity called the Iyasel Akuz Bamuchash, as though he sees the Evish Mamish? The answer is, first of all, the reality is Getlachat. That's number one. And number two, unless uh, that the opposite of Alakus is not Le'umaz, it's a non thing. The whole reality almost has the plausibility of believing it. And when you don't believe it, you see that it was nothing in the first place. It says the Al-Tarebbe Vata, four lines in the top of Lama Zayin on my base. How can I be so sure that the Muslim will be so effective that um, you'll have a clarity like you see the Rebbe? It's like the Al-Tarebbe as follows. Lefisha Be'emes, because the truth is, Ancient Mamash is Klau, There is no substance to Klipa whatsoever. Umamela Nidcham Ipneyer. It's automatically pushed away by light. You cannot view Klipa as the opposite of Kedusha. It's simply, it's absence. This is true, not only of darkness. It's true of Sidracha. Everybody knows what darkness is. Everybody knows darkness and light never have had a fight. Since the history of mankind, since the history of darkness and light were manifest, light and darkness never fought. Why? Darkness is not the opposite of light. The opposite of light. It's, it's absence. So the Rebbe is true of Klipa. Although it doesn't seem that way, it seems to us that Klipa is not an absence of light, but a reality. So much vitality. to give life to animals. And the souls of Even the animal soul of a Jew, which is from Klipa Snege. Klipa Snege is also Klipa Canals we discussed earlier in Perik Vav and Perik Zayin. You have to split it in half. One half is the reality of Klippa. And the other half is the lie of Klippa. The reality of Klippa is not Klippa, it's Kedusha. The lie of Klippa is the Klippa of Klippa. On the one hand, that I call Whatever truth and vitality exists in Klippa is in Klippa, it's Kedusha. For Lachain, and consequently, he betela, the godliness, the truth of Klippa is nullified. Lagamri altogether. In the presence of Kedusha, like the nullification of darkness in the presence of light, you shine light, Klippa becomes us. Rak. But in addition to the fact that there is some reality to Klippa, and that the reality of Klippa is really Kedusha, there is also the lie of Klippa, the propaganda of Klippa, the pretense of Klippa, the appearance of evil anti-God of Klippa. You should know that nothing except a power of suggestion. That's how I teach it. Klippa says al half of it is Kedusha, and the half of which is Taka evil is not real. It just makes suggestions. You don't believe Klippa, you see that it's nothing. You believe Klippa, you just created it. And where does it exist? In your imagination. What's the difference between truth and a lie? Truths exist even if nobody knows them. Lies exist only because people believe them. Lies don't have to be broken, they have to be exposed. You expose a lie, you don't have to destroy it. Everybody sees it's nothing. Vetasites Matthias. Clip is a lie. With the power to suggest itself to you in a plausible way. It sounds true. When you believe it, you made it real. 
in the relationship between Klippa and the divine soul of a person, since Hashem gave a man free will, he has to give man options. So in this scheme, and in this context, and in this framework, Hashem gave Klippa the permission and the power, the possibility, to lift itself up. And the upliftedness of Klippa is absolutely nothing. It's just a pretense. It's a show, it's a spiel, it's an act. Connect against Kedusha. Today, so that the right way to act is Shahadam Yaseda, the man should be aroused, Liz Gabbatala to overpower it. La Shpila to lower it and to expose it for what it is, which is nothing. When man is humble and breaks his own spirit, and he's shamed and disgusted in his own eyes. In other words, he's shamed because the Nefesha Bahamas in his own eyes. So therefore, through the arousal from below. There's an arousal from above that the Amish to finish what he starts. To fulfill what the Pasuk says, God says, I myself personally, I'm going to lower the Klippa. says, I'll tell you what this means. Hashem takes away its dominance and its possibility. And takes away from her. The power and possibility was given to it. To stand up. And the way I'm translating it is to suggest against the light and the holiness of the divine soul. And then it's automatically nullified and gets pushed away. Just like physical light. Pushes away darkness without a struggle, without an effort. Kedusha pushes away Klippa without a struggle. It seems real. And it comes to you and it seems like it's so powerful. It's not a little twig. It's a kaira. It's not a little molehill. It's a mountain. And when you believe it, you've made it real. When you overcome it, you kill it. But what's the shot kill it? You destroy the evil? No. You're fighting against the evil effects that Hashem should take away the sheket of the, the pretense, the bluff, the appearance of truth of the klipeh. And He brings you now a raya and a hero. It's very gishmar. From now till the end of the period, He's bringing a raya to this point. That klipeh is not the opposite of Kedusha. It's simply the absence of it. And when you have the light of Kedusha, klipeh vanishes. And the only thing klipeh can do is make a suggestion. And if it becomes real, it's because you believed it. He's going to give us a raya from the meraglim. And then it's going to be in the end of the period, a gavaldak hero. The next is the raya. We find this explicitly articulated in the story of the meraglim. What about the meraglim? They come back and they say, Oh no, they said, That the Knaan is stronger than God. They don't mean stronger than us. They meant stronger than the Abish Tekvayach. In other words, the Meraglim refused to believe in the Amish's ability to fight Lamed Aleph Malach. And of course, as Hasidus explained it, they believe that Yiddishkeit cannot prevail in the Gashmi's world. Gashmi's going to kill it. Five minutes later, Chazru, they changed their mind. The Amru, they said, No, 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 we're going to go to Israel. I don't understand. Five minutes ago, they believed that Canaan is stronger than God. And now they're running? From where did it come back? And they acquired faith in the, in the belief in the possibility of God. They didn't believe in Hashem's power. Meshavin had not displayed to them any sign or any miracle to prove that Hashem is great enough to conquer it Israel between time and the interim in between. The only thing that happened was the Jews say, you know, we can't go over there, God's not strong enough. So Hashem comes to Moses and says, Tell those Jidn 
They say I'm not strong enough. They don't want to go to Israel. No problem. They don't have to go. I'll send their children. That's all he said. You don't think I'm strong enough to be a yid? You should be a yid. So no, stay in the middle. I'll send your kids. What's wrong? They got what they wanted. All of a sudden, they're doing children. Rak only Shomalemi told him, Hashem got angry. Venishben, he vowed, Shalei Laviyam, and the artist not to bring him dead to Israel. I don't understand. How is telling them that Hashem is upset and that they're going to get what they want if they don't have to go into Israel helping them? They didn't believe in the power of Hashem, God forbid. To conquer 31 kings. They didn't want to go into Israel in the first place. So all Hashem says is, He's angry. And they're running to Israel. The tenet is gewaldic. Two points. Point number one, the natural condition of everything is godly. Point number two, godlessness, anti-god is not a metzius, it's a non-thing, all it does is suggest. Now let's personalize it. The natural condition of a Jew is he believes in Hashem and trusts Him. Ah, yes, fake is. Ah, he gets depressed, he gets down, it's a lie. And when you expose the lie, you automatically see it, you believed all along. Jewish people inherently are believers. Which is in their bodies. Listen to my translation. Came along with a provocation, with a suggestion. It seemed so real. With gaiva and artificial aloofness and chutzpah, arrogance, disrespect, because Klippa doesn't believe itself. Klippa knows better than Kedusha, I am a bluff. But it comes along and makes these suggestions, and they're very convincing. Will he tell Vadas with any reason, with any intelligence? So you know what happened? Jewish people believed the bluff. They, they, they bought into Sidrachim's coercion. The key word is Hashem got angry. It's the same as the Musa we had in this Pedic. And he screamed with a loud and angry voice. How long are these evil congregation going to behave as they're behaving? You'll die in the desert. I, will, I have spoken. I will not do this to this evil community. And so forth. They knew was God got angry. Not when God got angry, they got shaken up. The natural condition of the Yiddish, which he's a believer, emerged. The bluff of Klippa was exposed as being nothing other than smoke and mirrors. And automatically they're running into Israel, and therefore, when they heard these hard words, their heart was bent and broken. inside of themselves, as the Pasuk describes it as people became very sad. Which is what the message of this Pedic is, which is Musr. Automatically, Klippa fell from its dominance and from its aloofness and from its conceit. Then you don't have to give a Jew faith. The Jew returns. The Yisrael, Atzmon, Heimaminim. And the Jewish people themselves believe. So when you take away the darkness, the light shines. You don't have to give a Jew faith. Take away the absolute. Take away the depression. Take away the sheket. And one of the ways taking away the sheket is a good bop on the head. A good mus. Is the eye from the menagel. And now comes the hero. Gvaldik hero. This is a lesson for every person. The person, God forbid, gets fake as about a moon. 
If not the following. It's words of Klippa alone. Which simply has the power of making a suggestion. If you don't believe it, you'll see it's nothing. If you believe it, you made it real. Not it's real. But what does the Jew inherently? People believe in the descendants of believers. And therefore it's no big deal to fight Klippa. Just say it. Don't believe you and Klippa vanishes. That the Baal Shem Tev was a child. He walked into the forest. He was never afraid to go by himself into the forest. And he suddenly came across a palace. And he was a big palatine because he had been in that part of the forest before. He never saw the palace. A huge palace full of high mishayid. With pious, with bed, desire for him. And when he came into this palace, they greeted him with Simcha Tzuma and they brought him in Yingela Kumarain and they were Makabu Ponov and they learned Tayyid with him as they invited until he came to the premise of the palace. And he met the Zokka, the elder in the palace. And the elder said to him, Little boy, say Hashem has abandoned the land. Upon him, this was a keich of klipa, that Pashat manifested in the Gashmizika world to get the Balshemtiv to acknowledge Shniyas, the opposite of Achtas, as a child. And the Balshemtiv would be preempted before he could even become the Balshem. He was five, six years old, maybe younger. So the Baal Shem Tev shouted, You spun the Kopele of it. All doers of evil should vanish. And you know what happened? He found himself in the middle of the forest. The palace was gone, the people were gone. Finish Kimitzias. And Yisrael, Mamina, Bnei Mamina. Says the Altrebbe, and that's not the end of the story. The Gam, moreover. Not only is Klippa, either Klippa is Kedushas Chayas, or it's a power of suggestion in other reality whatsoever. But whatever reality there is to this power of suggestion of Klippa, Klippa is praying you'll break it. The Klippa itself, in other words, even the evil of the Klippa, has no doubts in the moon. It was given permission and empowered to confuse a man with words that are false and deceptive. Only for one reason, to increase the Yitzchak. And the Yitzchak is wishing, we will not listen to him. Like the pituyim, like the seductions of the Zayna to the son of the king. With lies and deceptiveness. With the king's permission. Isaiah says that when the father has a son who is the crown prince. We have exactly the same muscle, the last line of Pedic. Tess. Now we have the last line of Pedic. Chavtes. Yeah? That the king's son is going to be the next king. And he sees that he's a weak boy. He has to fortify him. So he gives him these bad friends. And the king's son has to fight with them. And he becomes a man. The worst thing that could happen to the whole kingdom is that he should fall into the trap of these bad people because then the whole nation is doomed. So the Zainah herself is wishing and hoping and praying that he won't listen. So first of all, Klippa is Kiddush. Second of all, Klippa is nothing other than a power of suggestion. Third of all, when you break Klippa, you don't have to give yourself back faith. It's inherent within a Jew. And fourth of all, the Klippa hopes you won't listen. Klippa hopes you won't listen. They want you to sin because that's their job. Lahar beis that you should listen to them.